super stoked about today's interview with my good friend, Will Armijo. This is actually one of my longest interviews. Him and I, we just jammed out for almost an hour. And I highly suggest you guys listen till the end. Will shares so much, not about his new company, Nourish, which is doing amazing things in the health and wellness space. But his journey through network marketing and realizing that he wanted to go a different path, you know, people that do and do not support you, but also how you always have to be resilient. You always have to find a way. You got to keep moving forward. So I know you're going to love this interview. And again, as I spoke about earlier, my latest book is out, The Marketing Workbook for LinkedIn. You can find it on Amazon. I'm going to leave the link in the description of this episode, but also my free Facebook community where I do two to three private trainings per week for free on how to generate leads for your network marketing business. That group is called the Network Marketing Leads for Life group. I will also leave a link to that. And guys, I hope you enjoy this incredible interview with my good buddy, Will Armijo. Welcome to the Network Marketing Made Simple podcast. I am your host, Scott Aaron, and each and every week, I'm going to come to you with short, simple, and powerful tactics of how you can grow your network marketing business, brand, bank account, and impact on those around you. And just remember, network marketing is not easy, but it can be made easy with simple steps to create success that you truly deserve. So Will, welcome today's to today's episode and you know, I'm fired up about today because even though we're we're a few years apart in age, we've we've lived a very very parallel life from uh, personal training and competing to uh, the tuna fish and rice cakes and asparagus and tilapia um, having a network marketing background, but then also seeing the vision of entrepreneurship and using network marketing as our quote unquote gateway drug to building our own brand, which is you and I both agree is one of the most valuable assets we all have. So number one, I just want to welcome you to the show. So excited to talk, but number two, for my audience that is not familiar with you and, and who you are and what you do, uh, just a, a little brief hello uh, about that. But most importantly, my audience always loves knowing what was that moment for you in your career when your entrepreneurial spark was lit and it's never gone out since? Right. I love that. Um, and thank you for having me on the show. It's definitely an honor and I can't wait to fill some people in. And we do have such parallel lives, which I think this discussion will be very, very good and very eye-opening for a lot of people. And, um, you know, the one of the first things that I will say is I do want to touch on where that entrepreneur spark came from, but I think a lot of it has to do with the, in, the, the ingrainment of my experiences growing up that I think a lot of us don't look back on and we don't learn from. And we may not have known that those experiences were preparing us for our future selves. So the first thing I want to let everybody know is the reason I'm even in the industry that I'm in, which is the health and wellness space, um, actually is, is a funny story because I grew up overweight as a kid in a little tiny town in New Mexico. And, and my aspirations were to be a major league baseball player. And I even moved cities. My parents moved. I mean, I thought 100%. I was a left-handed pitcher. I was pretty good. I thought I'm going to make it. My life was built around Major League Baseball. I was the kid that was going to make it out of the little city. I was going to make it big, sign a contract, buy my parents a house like I was the one. And I worked so relentlessly hard to be that player to the point where when I was young, I said, if I want to be the best Major League Baseball player, I'm going to have to lose some weight because I grew up on fast food, eating whatever. I was, I was overweight. And I said, if I want to be the best athlete, I mean, I was running at five in the morning. I mean, I remember when the first Bowflex came out, the first diet I ever went on was the, was the, um, what diet was it? Why am I drawing? It was the Adkins diet. I was, I was saving my money from, I would ask my mom if I could go to the movie theater and I would not go and I would save my money 
and I would buy chocolate protein powder at GNC or at Walgreens because I would go with my mom to the grocery store and I'd read muscle and fitness and men's health and these big dudes with the big biceps would be like, I'm drinking this protein. And that's all I wanted to be. And I had no idea I was going to get into health and wellness. I thought I was going to play, be a major league baseball player. And the big, one of the biggest turning points in my life before I get into the turning point of entrepreneurship was I was in the middle of college. I, I had just come out of Tommy John surgery on my elbow. If nobody knows what that is, they basically cut your elbow open and they, they, they take a, a ligament out of your other arm or your leg and they sew it into the two bones. It sounds really bizarre. It's 12 to 15 months of recovery. So <clears throat> I'm, two, I'm two years into college baseball. We had just went to the College World Series at my junior college. I thought for sure I was in. I was, I, I, I was walking on, because I was coming off of, of all this rehab, I was walking on at the University of Arizona. Big, huge school, one of the best coaches in the nation. And I had done everything right. I had, I outworked, I, I, I didn't drink. I didn't go out. I didn't have friends. I worked out. I dieted. I cooked. I did. I was the hardest worker in the room. I was that story. And I showed up and I did the best that I've ever seen myself do. I showed up on tryout day. I, I crushed it. I thought, oh man, all right, I'm in. And I'll never forget this moment in my life when the coach came up to the dugout and he said, thank you all for coming, but we will not be taking anybody. The exit's right over there. And I remember my heart stopped in that moment because it was the only moment in my life where I had worked so hard because the American dream, right? Work, work your ass off and you're going to get what you want. If you put in the work, you're going to get the reward. And that just stopped me in my tracks. I couldn't figure it out. It was so wild to me. I couldn't call my parents. I couldn't tell my friends. I walked home and I, I, I'm, I don't recommend this to people, but I remember going home and, and getting a bottle of wine and I don't drink or anything like, well, when the back then I didn't, I was, and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to call. I didn't know. I felt like I let down the world, my backup plan. I, yeah, I was in school for, for science, but that, I wasn't going to do that. Come on. I thought I was going to sign a big contract. So what ended up happening to make a long story short is I drank this bottle of wine. I woke up that I, I didn't want to tell anybody. I woke up the next morning. And there was this new side of me. And this is a very important aspect of the story. There was this new person in my head that said, wait a second, you're done following everybody's rules. Yeah, you work hard. It's time to follow your own rules. This is your, this is, this is your, your turn. You're going to walk your ass back into that coach's office and you're going to tell him that you're not done playing. You're not going to go to class. You're going to walk, you're going to find the office. You're going to walk in. And I, I don't want to drag out the story, but I found the office. I zoomed past his secretary. I barged into his office and I told him, hey, Coach Lopez, this is Coach Lopez. I said, hey, I just want to let you know, I was at walk-ons yesterday. I'm not asking you to keep me, but I'm not done playing baseball. This isn't the end for me. I'm just telling you I'm not done. So can you help me go somewhere? And I never forget, he, he sat me down, had all these trophies, and he said, look, you did very well, but we're not taking people this year. We had budget cuts. We're not taking people, but... We had to have walk-on tryouts legally. I wasn't planning to. They, they, were, they, they ended up placing second in the College World Series that year. They were a stacked team. But anyway, it led me, this is where the story goes, it led me to playing baseball at another college. I didn't give it up. I went and played at another college. Now, I didn't have the best experience there. I didn't go on to play Major League Baseball. But it taught me one very important thing, that I have to follow my own rules. Even if I am the hardest worker in the room, which I remain, I, I consider myself that to this day. I mean, my whole life taught me the ultimate work ethic, but it didn't teach me the edge. Nobody can teach you the edge. You have to go through an experience in your life that you did not plan for that knocks you on your ass to have that edge. Some people call it the dark side. Some people call it whatever, but that's where I got that edge. So fast forward. I switched my major from science to business. I said, you know what I'm going to do? This is the, the, the beginning of my story. I said, what I realized is I'm not obsessed with baseball. I thought that's what everybody wanted me to do. I didn't want to be, I was in school for science. Oh, maybe I'll be a radiologist or, or something. I don't want, that's what society wanted me to do. That's what my parents wanted me to do. What have I been doing my whole life? Health, wellness, diets, exercise, training. I don't want to be a personal trainer. 
I don't want to be a nutritionist. I was playing by my own rules. I actually don't want to do that. I don't want to go down that route. And I said, I want to own a business in health and wellness. So I changed my major. I stayed in school. I got my MBA to realize that my MBA did absolutely nothing for my entrepreneurship. It just taught me how to use Excel very well. And then I got into network marketing. And that's kind of where our stories crossed. Because at the same time, when I got done with baseball, I got into bodybuilding to say, hey, if, I, if I'm so health and wellness, I'll take my body to the edge. How can I take my body to the edge? Bodybuilding. Those experiences taught me the foundation of the business I built on my own terms. So that's the key part of my entrepreneur story where those life experiences where I think people have the opportunity to go back and look at those, there's hidden messages in those experiences that can help guide you to where you want to go. It's not always just in a book or at an event that's going to change your life. It's already been grounded. You just didn't see it. So that's, that's my entrepreneur story that, that sparked me to just play by my own rules and be the hardest worker in the room. I mean, that's amazing. But something that, that's coming up for me now knowing you is it always seems like that you thrive off of going to the next level. So, so hear me out. So you wanted to be a professional baseball player you go and, and try out for one of the top colleges in the country, says no. So you go somewhere else and, you know, obviously you still followed, but you went on your own path. Then you get into bodybuilding um, and you actually reached the highest amateur uh, federation. So, you know, for people that don't know, the, the IFBB is the professional circuit for bodybuilding and Will was a part of the MPC, the National Physique Committee, which is the highest amateur level. So, so what, before we move forward, so when you were a part of the MPC, much like you wanted to make the major leagues, did you have at any point in time, the aspirations to get your pro card to become uh, a professional physique competitor? Absolutely. I, I went into it going, if I'm going to compete, I'm going to compete at the highest level. I'm going to get a pro card. I'm going to build my brand this is what I'm going to do. I, I, I don't, I didn't, I, I couldn't, I wasn't wise enough to foresee the, the, the far down future, but I knew if I was going to go in, I was going to go in based on the idea that I've worked my ass off since I was 12. And most of these people have been working for about six months to a year. So this is going to be, this is going to give me an edge. So yeah, to answer your question, I, I, I thrive in that, 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 that is where I wanted to go. And even with network marketing, you know, you achieved the high, like you and I both, we achieved the highest rank that the company has, but there was something else. It was, it was this personal brand side. And, and, you know, again, we, we've both been through a lot of ups and downs. And when you realize that you're the captain of your own ship, that, that truly, you know, uh, human beings are amazing creatures. Like, and and I, I heard this in a podcast that human beings are the only species that could become whatever they want. So if you think about the life cycle of a butterfly, same thing, you know, it's a caterpillar, then it goes into the cocoon, and then it becomes a butterfly. You think about rabbits, they, they do, they, everyone has the same life cycle, but Think about how different human beings are. You want to be a pro athlete? You can go and learn to be a pro athlete. You want to be a speaker? You can go learn to be a speaker. So that's the beauty of the human species. We can do whatever we want. So like when you were doing all this stuff, you were competing and you were you know, heavily into network marketing, what was the turning point for you where you said, you know what, I've... I feel like I'm falling into that trap again where I'm following someone else's rules and I'm not really, I want to do me and I want to serve those around me and, and build my own brand. What was that, that aha moment for you where the, the light bulb just went on and, and you haven't turned it off? For sure. So that's actually a really good question. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to this scenario that I'm about to explain to them. So when I got my, cause I played baseball my whole life. So I didn't have time to get like a real nine to five job corporate world. So when I got out of college and got into my MBA program, I was working nine to five. It was my first nine to five. I had a manager, I was cold calling. I was doing the whole thing out of cubicle. So what I did is I took that mentality. What, what is the edge that I have? I'm not the smartest. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest. 
but I'm the hardest worker. That's what I've just done my, my whole life. So what I did was when I was working, I got, I was in my MBA classes in the evening. I got into network marketing. I was prepping for bodybuilding shows. So I was, I was carrying around six meals a day. I was training on my lunch break and I was a personal trainer at five o'clock in the morning. So I put myself into a position because I looked at all my peers and I said, what are they doing? How can I do more? I can do more. I'm the hardest. I can work hard. So I put myself in all these scenarios at one time. And then the, there were two light bulb moments for me. Number one was in my nine to five. I realized that I wasn't, I didn't feel fulfilled. It didn't feel purpose driven. And what I found myself doing was the minimum every day at my job. And I just had this like thing in my head go, you know what? I'm kind of doing this company a disservice because I'm just doing the minimum just to get done with the day. And then I'm sitting here researching uh, nutrition articles and how glucose does this in the blood and how cortisol does this. I, I don't want to do this. So I said, I, I can't see myself doing this the rest of my life. That was number one. Number two happened inside network marketing. Because inside network marketing, I, my whole purpose, how I got brought into network marketing was under the assumption that it would be a financial driver for me to invest in my future. I never really had plans to be this big network marketer. I wanted to use it to build revenue to invest in my future. And that is what I used it for. And as we both know, the tables turned a little bit in that industry. So those were the two big turning points for me where I was like, look, I'm done. Like I have the ability and now I'm going to go play by my own rules again, except I was, I was the ammo that I had was 10 X from when I was playing baseball. I now had more ammo. So then I just, I just left. I put my two weeks in, I left my job. And then shortly after that, I also got, I also kind of started to make my way out of network marketing shortly after that as well and pursued exactly what my vision was built in my mind, the blueprint in my mind. I started pursuing that instead. So you and I can both agree that everything that we're doing now, we, we owe it to network marketing because I, I call it the gateway drug to entrepreneurship because you learn about personal branding, you learn about how to put yourself on social media, you learn how to build connections and rapport with people. But I, I've been psychologically unemployable since day one. So, you, you know, I've, I've never had a boss. And, and once you, me personally, once I start to feel like I can't do exactly what I want to do when I'm, when, when, I'm, when I'm put into this box where there's rules and there's regulations and there's cans and cannots, I start putting up a wall of resistance because I like to continue to grow. I like to flourish. And, and for me, like you, it was uh, an unintentional pivot. But when you start to, to find that there's a need, just like with you, with, with, when, you were first, when you first started Will Powered, you, know, you were writing up nutrition and uh, diet plans for people in the company that we partnered with to help them throughout the process of using the products, you know, uh, getting in good shape, but, you know, maintaining it, kind of breaking the whole diet fad. You know, I was doing a little bit of the same, but, you know, I was doing it more on the business side, leveraging and using LinkedIn. And now I coach people how to do that. And, you know, there were people that supported us and still do. And there's a lot of people that frown upon what we're doing. And, and again, that's their stuff, not ours. How important was it for you? And, and this is a great message to network marketers because I feel there's a lot of network marketers that are forcing this business. They're, they're, they feel intuitively inside of them that there's something more. There's something more they want to do, but they feel just kind of bogged down and they don't want to disappoint their upline. They don't want to disappoint their company. So how important was it for you to kind of lean into this personal branding side of you to find out what was on the other side? as opposed to what, what some people end up doing is keeping themselves in that little box where it's stunting your growth. Right. No, I think that's a great question. I think a lot of people go through that. And I think at some point I felt that way for a short period of time. And, you know, I think that there's one, one roadblock 
that, that I think a lot of people struggle with is it's, it's an, it's a slight ego issue that I think us as humans have, and we feel that we can't be leaders and we feel that we want to lead people, but we don't want to be the leader. We don't want to be the response. We don't want to have the responsibility of being the ultimate leader, but we want to lead people. We want to have a team, but we don't want to be the, the, all the responsibility, but we want the team. Right. And I think that that was a big turning point for me was I needed to be the lead. I, I had, I felt I had leadership quality and I wanted to be a leader of, of the movement, the blueprint that I had in my head. But to answer that question for network marketers, I, I would say that one issue, one of the main issues that pops up is you're, you're truly just nervous to use network marketing to pursue the vision you actually have in your head. Because not a lot of people are, are grow up and go, I want to be a network marketer. Like that's not like a common thing that kids raise their hand, you know, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. Really see somebody, I want to be a network marketer. I, probably not. So <clears throat> network marketing is great. It provides you the ability, just like you said, to learn all of those aspects. You can't learn in school. You can't learn those at work. You can't learn how to talk to people. You can't learn how to network. You can't learn how to build your brand and get on a Zoom and do it the right way or host a meeting in a house or talk to people at a coffee shop or you, you get forced into positions of, of leadership roles. And I think that people become scared of, of saying that, well, you know, I used this example one time that I used to tell people in, in, on my network marketing teams and I'd say, think about if you wanted to be a photographer, the best photographer in the world, your passion is photography. What would be the, what, what is the vision of your dream position being a photographer? Mine would be like, I'd want to shoot like a, like a rare, like sheep on the side of like the Swiss Alps for National Geographic. Okay. Well, you got to buy the camera and then you got to get the training and then you got to buy that plane ticket and then you got to go sit there and take the photo. How are you going to pay for that? Because you could do it, just like you said earlier, anybody could do whatever they want. But how, how, how are you going to fund all that? How's that going to get funded? Network marketing is a great opportunity to save that money, build your business, but use the money to invest in a vision. Because here's the other thing. If the vision doesn't work, you can still fall back on network marketing. It's always going to be there. It's like never going to go away. Do you, under, do you guys understand that you can like cheat the system here? and use the fundage to test out or pursue a passion that you have. That's what I did. And you could do that for anything, absolutely anything. Just like you said, it's a gateway. And a lot of people don't use that gateway. And then they see these people who were trust fund kids or their parents had money or they had a family business or they went to a Ivy League school. I didn't have any of that. So I had to use network marketing. And people don't, they underutilize that higher frequency potential that network marketing actually has. You know, I had a conversation with someone the other day and they've been in network marketing for a while and wildly successful, um, you know, seven figure career earner in the business, multiple six figures a year. And she said something really interesting because I, I was basically saying, I'm like, you know, I feel for a lot of network marketers because you have, like you, I work my ass off with everything I do. And like this whole full-time income, part-time hours, it's a fallacy. I was busting my ass. Like, like you, I was running my gym. I had a personal training practice. I had a nutrition practice. I had my network. I was always doing something. And again, you know, the effort shows in the bank account. And a lot of network marketers, they're doing the bare minimum and they're not making any money. But I really, truly want to see people succeed in network marketing because like you, I, it's a vehicle. It is a door opener to other things that you really want to pursue because your brand, your personal brand is the most valuable asset that we have. And we're going to dive into that. But I was having this conversation and this person was talking to their spouse and their spouse said, honey, if the company that you partnered with closed tomorrow, we'd be absolutely fine. And you know what that said to me? You know, 
because there are there are people in network marketing that they don't need the money. They don't. And that's different. When, when, when you're doing network marketing and your back is against the wall because you've been furloughed or laid off and, and then you're, you're building this business in resistance and then you have those people, like you said, they don't really need the money. They're, there's no pressure. You know, the, the spouse or, you know, the family has a ton of money. So this is just kind of like whatever money to them. It's completely different. And like you said, with leadership, you know, leadership is, a, is an honor to to have and you know what what's the spider-man quote with with great power comes great responsibility and a, a lot of people don't know how to handle the power that they're given and it's ego driven they there's dictatorships in network marketing but at the end of the day what matters most is if you're on the path of least resistance you're doing things that feel good to you there should there you should have now listen no matter what you're doing, it's not always fun. It's, it's enjoyable in a sense, like sometimes the, the grunt work that you and I have to do on the back end when we're building our stuff out, like, you know, we don't feel like doing it, but it's something that we have to do because it's so rewarding at the end. You should really love and enjoy every and all aspects. And I also give, you know, people all the time, Will, the permission to stop doing network marketing. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. If, if you don't want to prospect your friends and family, if you want to just enjoy time with your friends, family, and loved ones, and you really don't want to go to the events, you don't want to get on the team calls, you don't want to enroll people, you don't have to. Network marketing is a choice. It's not a have to. It's a get to. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. So I want to talk about personal branding because the, there's a fallacy in network marketing that it's hard for people to quote unquote, build their own personal brand while they're in network marketing. Because all they're doing is posting transformations and before and afters and product pictures. But a network marketer like you and I can absolutely build a personal brand at the very same time. So for those that are listening to this that are new and old to network marketing, that are just really struggling, finding their voice and and doing things outside of the norm of what they see people in the opportunity doing, where can people start and how can they start moving the needle forward to building their own personal brand within their network marketing business? Right. No, you were spitting some fire. I'm just telling you that. I took down some notes right here. That was some good stuff. <laughs> uh, now back to answering my question. So, um, you know, this, this is such a good question because I think that a lot of people feel this way and they don't want to say anything because they think they're in the wrong. They think they, this is a wrong feeling that they have. And if they were to bring it up, oh, no, 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 no. It should all be sunshine and rainbows in, in, in this world. And that's just not the reality. And building a personal brand is all about sharing your experiences authentically and consistently. And it doesn't matter. The, the people who build the best personal brands always sucked at the beginning. I'm going to say that again. The people who build the best brands, this is like a double-edged sword here, but it, stay with me. They suck at the beginning. Like it's bad. Like no likes, no followers, no nothing. And then because just like me and just like you, because you've gone through that, you don't understand. You'll never see the light unless you were in the darkness, right? You'll never feel the joy unless you felt the pain. I'm just telling you guys right now, there's an easy way out. And if it hasn't come across your plate, it's going to. You can buy all your engagement. You can buy all your followers. You can buy all this stuff. And people will tell you, it's an investment. It's an investment. And then you're going to build a house on a foundation that is not stable. You have this pretty little house and then the tornado rolls through and your house is gone. And then guess who's left standing? The one who built the foundation from an authentic, consistent perspective. There's no blueprint. There's no rocket science. Your experience in life is your brand. Just start putting it out there. You don't have to. Here's one thing that, and this is just me. I, I say this from a personal aspect because I have to. 
I won't share something that I wasn't a part of. I won't do it. I won't share something that I did not have my finger in or my hand in. And I won't share something that if I was on the other side, would not find value in that. There's lots of times where I go, that's my ego. That's not me providing value. Like I just, you know, like what's the value in that selfie? You know what I mean? Now, if there's good content because there's a thing, there's value. You can create value just almost out of everything. And if I were to offer some type of cheat code, that's the cheat code is you could post a picture of this coffee cup and provide value to people. Or you could post a picture of this coffee cup and it's just a selfie of a coffee cup and that's it. So that's what I would say about that. And it's not hard. It's consistency. Value and consistency. It's, you know, it's leaving people better. And there, there's, there's a message in everything. And I, I, I always hear people say, well, I suck on camera. I, I suck on Facebook lives. Listen, everyone has a first Facebook live. Everyone has a first recorded video. Everyone has a first, think about podcasters. Every single person has an episode one. And I'll be honest with you, Will, I have never listened to my first episode since I released it. So I've, I've almost 200 episodes now. I don't even want to like, but what is uh, in, the, in the book, uh, The Millionaire Mind, T.R. Vecker, he says it best, every master was once a disaster. And it's the truth. Right. Everyone is going to suck in the beginning. Now, I, I want to shift because you've actually done one of the hardest things that an entrepreneur can do. And it's called rebranding. So there's a difference between branding and then actually rebranding yourself after you have an established and known brand. So walk the audience through because a lot of them are familiar with your willpowered programs, but you've, got, you've been going through this rebranding process. So talk about what rebranding is. You know, the, the moment that you said, you know what, it's time to up level again. It's time to get to, to level 10. But also talk about the struggle that, that you know, people, again, they, they see what you're doing, you know, you're, you're wildly successful, but it's, it's not an easy thing to rebrand yourself because then people are like, what are you doing? What do you, what do you mean this? You're not doing that anymore. And then there's a lot of questions and explaining. So, so walk the audience through that whole process of, of how it all came about. Yep. So I want you guys to think of this like your brand isn't just a pretty logo. It's not the, the way something is typed out. It's not a font. It's not a pretty color. Your brand is, a, is an energetic reflection of your vision. That's what it is. That's why uh, you, you could see like, who the heck decided Apple computer was gonna be Apple? Like who, it, it, it is, it, it may not make sense right now, but that's what your brand is and you can't lose that. Because remember, if you want something that's going to impact the world, you're downloading this blueprint in your brain and you're putting it, you're bringing it to life. So you can't get caught and, and you can't get hung up on, well, that's a pretty color and the font looks good and the logo. Look, it's like a makeover, right? So you live a life a certain way and that energy stays with that. And it could have been good. But at one point in my business, we changed. We, we leveled up. We said we could do better. We have a bigger vision. We're advancing to the next stage in this process. So I saw it as like a makeover. Okay, well, I'm not, just make, I'm not just getting a new brand because somebody presented me with a better logo. What's the next level? What is the future? What is that energy that I feel and that I see? So when you commit to that, everything follows suit. Now, logistically, when it comes to a rebrand, there's a lot of work because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It's not just a pretty picture. It's what you start asking why a lot more. Why these colors? Why these fonts? Why this messaging? It all starts with the messaging. Remember, you will build your next brand, your next logo, your next color. All of, don't worry about that. That will be built off the brand message. What is the message you are delivering to the world? So I'll, I'll just short short story here. I was willpowered. My company is called Nourish. Nourish to me felt like this is what we actually do for people. 
we nourish their body. We don't just ride a diet. We don't just ride an exercise program. We teach people how to truly nourish their body from understanding portion control, reducing inflammation, managing toxicity, and moving. To me, that's full body nourishment. Before I was riding diets, I was riding exercise programs. That, and it was good, we were successful, but that stayed with that person. If you wanna call the brand a person, it stayed with that person. It was time for the makeover. And the makeover came because the messaging changed. I could impact more people. I optimized my systems. I took the data that we collected and I said, how can we become better? And with that phase, you don't have to change your brand or your name. That's just me. I'm very connected to how my brand makes you feel and how it makes you feel. And after dissecting all the layers, the messaging, the systems, that's when the low, whatever the logo is or whatever the colors are, they, you would be shocked. They come to life after you start to do that because you're starting to create your blueprint and your vision is becoming real. And when it becomes real, it's like manifestation 101. It's no coincidence that these things just fall right into your lap. So that's, that's my insight into rebranding. But logistically, it's hard. It takes a process. But here's the last thing that I'll say about that. It's a grind. But it's the, we talk, you talked about earlier, the grind's never fun. You don't have fun. It's not fun. Look at, look at professional athletes work their ass off at practice. Miss shot, Michael Jordan. Oh, I missed so many shots. Wayne Gretzky. Oh, I missed so many shots. The only reason you find a sickening joy in the grind is because you believe in the vision. It's you're just planting another seed for a bigger picture. If you don't have an actual vision, it's going to suck. You're going to go, why am I here? Why am I doing this? This doesn't make any sense. But when you have a vision and you have a blueprint, yes, it sucks, but you're like, but guess what's coming next? But guess what's coming next? And that's why you can't figure out why people work so damn hard. They don't have some genetic thing. They just believe in something and you don't. So you got to ask yourself, what is it that you believe in? And most of the time that starts with yourself. So. Perfect. So let's, let's talk about, you know, nourish and, and, and how, you know, again, you and me are in the same where, you know, we, we took our knowledge from what we knew as health and wellness professionals and all the different (laughs) diets we were on when we were competing. And, you know, we started to duplicate that and replicate that. So what was the big shift for you going from uh, willpowered to nourish, but also for that person that, that's listening to this, because I don't really care what opportunity people are part of. Everyone should be, their health is the, the greatest asset they have. And, and you, you guys are helping so many people now. So talk about the, the, the big makeover from what willpowered was to what nourish is and, and how you're helping clients in 2020 and beyond. Yeah. So um, one thing I'll, I'll tell people, and I think a lot of people fit into this category, um, and this is a, an important foundation of this message is I've never had a, a, a mentor or a business coach or anything like that. I've, I've never done that. And not, not, not because I haven't wanted to. I think I actually think they're phenomenal. I think I'll use one one day. But the reason I say that is because it leads me into this question that a lot of people need to ask themselves. And it's the question that nobody around you is willing to ask. Nobody, your friends, your family, the people who support you, nobody's going to ask you the tough questions because I'm telling you right now, you're not perfect. There's something you're doing that probably sucks and nobody's going to tell you, nobody. So you literally have to sit there and have this out-of-body experience, like put yourself in a chair and then put yourself in the other chair and ram yourself with questions that nobody's going is too terrified to ask you. And that's what I did. I said, Will, you write diets, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm really good at writing diets. I think I'm one of the best. Oh yeah? Well, what about when people get done with your diets and then they gain weight? You're not teaching them how to keep the weight off because you're writing them a diet. They're not gonna follow. Nobody wants to follow a diet the rest of their life. I actually, anybody in this room, you all wanna follow a diet till the day you die because I don't think there's one person that wants to follow a diet the rest of their life. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. So what are you just going to let people just gain weight back and come back? And then you're just going to ride them another diet until one day they decide they don't want to work with you anymore. And I was like, wow, 
that's a pretty tough question. Like, you're right. Like, what do you do when the diet's done? What do you do? And I was like, actually, I've been trying to figure that out my whole damn life. Now, I might be really good at writing diets, but I'm really trying to figure out the bigger picture. How do you kill the diet? How do you actually get results, feel better, enhance your health without actually dieting? And how do you learn to never diet again? And I would just, I had to have that conversation. Nobody's going to have that with me. Nobody's going to come up to me when you have a successful program and company and go, man, you know, you're really successful, but have you know, have you ever thought about this? Not one person is going to do, I'm sorry, nobody. So you have to ask yourself the question because look, if you were perfect, everybody in the world would know exactly who you are. You still wouldn't be perfect, but everybody would know exactly who you are and what you do. And you'd probably be worth a hundred billion dollars if everything was perfect around you. So that's what I asked myself. And then I did the thing where I make myself uncomfortable and I put myself in a weird situation. So I booked a trip to Mexico and I went down there with a bunch of books because I thought the answer to never dieting again was becoming an intuitive eater because that's what I was. I was like, well, actually I don't diet. So what do I do? Oh, well, it took me 17 years to figure out how to do this. So, uh, well, there's, there's professionals that are intuitive eaters. So let me, let me buy all the books on intuitive eating, all these doctors and shit wrote these books, you know, intuitive. and I started reading these books and I'm in Mexico, I'm in Tulum, I'm reading these books and I'm like, this shit sucks. Like who wrote this? You guys put a book out? Like there was literally things that said, when your food is in front of you, I want you to think about it before you eat it. And then just don't eat all of it. A PhD wrote that? You gotta be shitting me. So then I threw the books away. I threw them away. They're in Tulum somewhere. They're probably in a library somewhere in Tulum. I threw them out. And I got my laptop and I had a blank Word document. And I said, what have I done my entire life to become an, an, essentially an intuitive eater? And I wrote down everything that I do. And I said, how can I turn that into a program? How long would it actually take somebody if they had really good coaching to, to learn how to never diet again? So that's when I created my 12 month program and I broke it down into phases. I just backtracked myself, boom, 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 all the way down from the, the quarterly phases to the months, to the weeks. I broke it all down. It was just pages of a word document. And then I said, okay, well now that I have the foundation of, how you can kind of the idea of how to make somebody an intuitive eater. What, what is the foundation of somebody who has ultimate health, who doesn't follow a diet? So I just asked myself the question and I said, number one, they understand their body's portion control. Okay, cool. Number two, they keep inflammation in their body down because inflammation is the root cause of all disease. Inflammation is terrible. It causes all the messes you up in your body. Number three, they balance toxicity because we have detoxing organs. And when our organs are overly toxic, we can't detox. So then we have symptoms. These are the symptoms that everybody's suffering from bloating, fatigue, can't lose body fat, skin issues, blah, 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 blah. Okay. There's three. What's the other thing people are lacking? Movement. They're just not moving enough. Yeah. They go to the gym, they exercise, they have a trainer, but they're just not move. On top of that, are they walking? Are they taking the stairs? Are they moving? Our bodies were designed to move. So then I said, well, there's the four found, those are the four pillars. So I have the whole 12 months. I have the whole, the four pillars. So now just create a program that the market would find attractive, which I built a Trojan horse for it. Find, build a program that the market would find attractive, that is scalable. So you can take this vision, this experience that you've had your entire life and help the entire world. That's literally what I did. And then I came back and I was like, let's, let's roll this shit out. And then I just wasn't scared to roll it. Nobody was doing it. I still don't know somebody that does it, not the way that we do it. So it, it was scary because there was no blueprint. There was no like, oh, I want to start a landscape company. So here's how you start a landscape. There's nothing. So it was just trial and error from day one. But one of the keys to that for anybody building something like that is you got to build a Trojan horse. Because if you don't build a Trojan horse, trust me, anybody listening, nobody's buying a 12 month diet, like not diet, but nutrition program. Nobody, not one person is buying a 12 month nutrition program. So sometimes in the market, you have to create a Trojan horse that allows you to penetrate the market, attract people, get them to understand what you do and how you do it, and then convert them into your program. Wow. I mean, 
that's that's what it's all about. It's realizing that we all have gifts inside of us. We we all have a business idea. I love what Earl Nightingale said in the book The Strangest Secret. And he I, I listened to the audio and he says every day, write down on a, a note card three ideas, three business ideas. And he says, do that every day for a year. You will have over a thousand ideas. Chances are one of them will become a successful business. So we all have ideas. I mean, think of all, we all have ideas, but it's acting on that idea. So again, what you said, providing value and being consistent. And that's exactly what you've created with Nourish. So for the listeners that never heard of your new company and what you guys are doing, um, explain to, to the listeners how it works and how they can find more about you know, the programs that you guys have going on right now. Right, for sure. Thank you. So um, our Nourish program, is it starts off with a 30-day experience. It's 100% online. You come in. We have a private Facebook community. We have a university-style learning portal that is customized to you. And we, we provide you with professional coaches from a holistic health practitioner to a two-star Michelin chef to a specialist with intuitive eating and sometimes even a movement specialist. Now, what we do is when you come into our program, you're with us for the first 30 days and we, you get to select anything you want, whether it's fat loss, muscle gain, or maintaining your weight. And now what we do through a 30-day experience is we teach you how to understand your body's portion control. We teach you how to reduce inflammation in your body through the foods you're eating. We teach you how to manage toxicity and what it is. And we teach you how to move better. And over the 30 days, are, yes, you will lose weight. Yes, you will build some muscle. But I'll be the first person to tell you, you're not going to change your life in 30 days. But we are going to give you a nutritional experience that you have never had before. And you are going to feel better. And that is our goal. Will you lose weight? Yeah, you probably will. We have a lot of weight loss. But you will feel better. You will feel a way that you've never felt before because you reduced inflammation and managed toxicity in your body. And then what we do after that is we take you down a journey where you learn how to never diet again. And just to let everybody know, 93% of people complete our first 30 days. And 80% of the people who have completed 12 months have already stated that they will never have to diet again the rest of their lives. So we, we do a lot. We put a lot of work into it. We put a lot of data into it. But this program is only $99. I've dropped the price twice because I want to make this affordable to the masses. And I want to be able to actually help people. Considering that, we lit, that the weight loss, the weight loss industry, not health and wellness, weight loss is $75 billion annually. 70% of Americans are considered overweight. 42% are considered obese and 50% obesity by the, by the year 2030. Something's got to change. Things aren't working. So that's what I've stepped in to do is to help those numbers. And where can people go to find out more about how they can get into one of the 30-day programs? Yep. So our 30-day programs start at the first of every month. Um, our next one will be starting uh, whatever month this is that you're listening to this. It starts at the first of, of the next month. Um, and you could go to nourish.com. So that's N-R-I-S-H, N-R-I-S-H.com. And that's where you could find all the information that you want on our challenge. And you could also reach out, reach out to us via email. There's an email address on the, um, there and there's humans that answer them. Don't worry. And we'll get you any information that you want if you have any questions about our challenge. Awesome. Well, just uh, a wealth uh, of so much knowledge and nuggets, you know, not just wellness and nutrition and killing the diet, just general entrepreneurial tips that, that, that people need to hear to achieve whatever they want, whether it's in network marketing or not. I think what, what you went over today, people can, can take those nuggets and apply it to any business, any brand that they want to grow and achieve. So number one, thank you so, so much for being here. And for the listeners, all that information that Will just dropped will be in the show notes. So guys, please go to the show notes and check out his website and get into one of his 30-day programs. Uh, but Will, my final question before we sign off, what does success truly mean to you? Success to me is, um, one of the first things I'll say is you kind of have to make a, a good amount of money to realize that that's not the thing that you're always chasing. And success to me 
is when you feel that you are extremely purpose-driven and that you have a reason for being on this earth and it has something to do with helping or providing to other people. And when you actually see that and feel that, it's priceless. There isn't a, an amount of money that you could put on that and you feel that you are purpose-driven. And when, when you start to pursue that, you will truly understand what success actually means. And I just want everybody to know there's not, there's not a number on it. It's priceless. And when you find that purpose-driven reason, you'll fully understand what success means. Perfectly stated. I could not agree more. You know, if everyone thinks, and I think at some point you and I, you know, at, at one point we did, we thought it was the make and model of a car. Uh, we thought it was the label of our clothes. Uh, the types of shoes that we wore and the size of the house we're going to buy. And, and again, once, once you make money, it's, it's, again, there's nothing wrong with making money. It's great. Everyone should make a lot of money, but you realize that there are more, there are more significant things in your life that actually represent success. And, and I always tell people, my friend, Michelle Scaff says it the best. She goes, you know, be a life architect, design your life the way that you want to. And honestly, I wake up, I love what I do because I don't even consider it a job. It's, I get to, to help people the way that I help myself and, and you're doing the same thing. So just kudos to you for, you know, making all those pivots that, that you had to make to get to where you are. And I, I just literally can't wait to see where your, your business goes. I know you guys are going to help millions of people. And uh, I'm obviously just grateful to be a part of the journey and um, I know my listeners are also just as grateful for having you on here today. So, Will, thank you so much for being here today. Just truly grateful for you, my friend. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. And thank you for asking me all those questions and giving me all those nuggets that I wrote down. <laughs> I got a lot out of the things you were saying, too. So I, I appreciate I appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, as always, wherever you're listening to this from, take a screenshot, throw it up on social, wherever you are, tag us in it. Uh, more importantly, write a review on iTunes. Let us know what you thought about the episode. You know, what were your biggest takeaways? What, what helped move that needle forward for you? We would love to hear from you. So guys, please, again, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you again so much for checking out this week's episode. And if you can, head over to iTunes, search for Network Marketing Made Simple, leave me a five-star rating, basic review. I would be grateful for all of the support you guys can give me. And again, if you'd be interested in learning more how to utilize LinkedIn to grow your business, your brand, and your bank account, head over to my website, www.scotterron.net. Fill out the form for your free 15-minute discovery call so I can learn more about you, your business, and how we can work together. And again, thank you guys so much. Grateful for you all, and I'll see you next time.